Welcome to A Word from the Valley, a weekly podcast produced for you from Zion Lutheran Church in Middletown, Maryland. For more information about our faith community and our weekly worship services, visit us at zionmiddletown.org or find us on Facebook. We hope you have a great week, and God bless. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this is the last Sunday of Advent, so our last Sunday for this time in Isaiah. So I need to tell you, though, and remind you of where we were, because last week we were in 2nd Isaiah, as in the second part of the three-part book of Isaiah, and now we're back to the beginning, 1st Isaiah. So let me remind you, and it is important to tell you so you understand where we dropped in today. A reminder that Syria and the northern kingdom, Israel, are working together and trying to overtake Judah or trying to persuade Judah to join them because they do not want to be captured by Assyria. Now, the kings of Syria and the northern kingdom, Israel, are vassals to Assyria, i.e., they owe him the king and that community help if something should happen. And they don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to be vassals. So they're also trying to get Judah in on this so that Assyria doesn't take them over. Now, the king of Judah is Ahaz. Now, let us also remember in this time that for the kings of the northern kingdom Israel and Judah, the southern kingdom, it is really not easy to be a king. These two places were never meant to be separated in the first place, nor were they ever meant to have a king. But God's people are God's people, and they asked for a king. The primary allegiance of these two kings is to be to God. The primary allegiance is to be to God. However, they are stuck in an interesting predicament because in their day, they're still dealing with the powers that be that are around them and all the military and uh, diplomatic relations that are going on. Ahaz, the king of the southern kingdom, really feels in a quandary. He does not know what to do because of the kings of Syria and Israel trying to overtake him. He doesn't know what he should do because he's supposed to be, again, loyal to God and take care of a nation. There is a great deal of pressure. Into this, God sends first Isaiah. He sends him to Ahaz. This is what we immediately get right before our reading today. And says, God says via Isaiah, I'm boiling this down for you. Trust me. If you trust me, 
I will make sure that Judah and Jerusalem, reminder, Jerusalem is the capital of Judah, that it is safe. Stop worrying about Syria and Israel. Trust me. Trust me, and I will keep you safe. Just trust me. Now, I just boiled 17 verses down to that, so you may want to go back and read that. But then we come back in again. And God says via Isaiah, since obviously Ahaz is not trusting, okay, Ahaz, ask me for a sign. Ask me for a sign so that you can trust me. Because Ahaz is like any of us, right? I see it, I believe it. Give me a sign, give me something clear so I know what I'm supposed to do, and I will do it. God says, Ahaz, name it. It can be as high as heaven or all the way to the place of the dead. Tell me what sign you need so that you can trust me. Ahaz says, I will not test the Lord my God. Now, friends, this is an important word. However, unfortunately, we cannot give him the benefit of the doubt here. This is a word from Deuteronomy. You shall not test the Lord your God. Us Christians, our mind should be going, oh, yes. Jesus quotes that to the devil in the desert. You shall not test the Lord your God. But alas, friends, Ahaz is a human king. The problem and why he's not trusting is he knows what he's going to do. He has the plan. He is going to team up with Assyria. He will be safe. He's got the plan because, right, this is how we humans work. If I have a plan, I make the plan, I know what's going to happen. It's so much easier to plan ourselves than to trust God to do God's thing. It's the truth of the matter. So, God says, fine. If you are not going to ask for a sign, let me give you a sign and teach you what trust in me looks like. Here's a sign of what trust looks like. A young woman becomes pregnant with a child. And she waits. And then she has a child. And she names the child Emmanuel, God with us. Now, of course, again, our Christian sense is going, Woo, Jesus! And we heard that in our New Testament reading. We're coming back. Just stick with me in an Old Testament point of view. What's going on is, the example is this. This is what trust looks like. A woman becomes pregnant. Well, when a woman becomes pregnant, there's a lot of hope and trust in that time. There is a lot of waiting. There's a lot of change. It's not a straight path. Hello, morning sickness. Hello, body changing. All these things are not easy. And it's months of waiting. It takes time, right? And then she goes into labor. I don't know many women 
who have been in labor, self-included, that would tell you it's easy. It hurts. It's painful. And yet, once a baby comes, the last thing most women remember when they're holding a baby is the pain and the waiting and the hardness of it. There is a new bond, a love, a new experience that has come to be. That is trust, waiting and hoping for something that has come to be and following a path that is not easy. That, Ahaz, is a sign of what trust looks like. He goes on and says, before the the child will then eat curds and honey, and when they can know how to choose the good from the bad, i.e., that's at about two years old, the two powers that you're worried about, they're not going to be anymore. This is the continued sign of trust. Trust me, the path isn't going to be easy. It's going to be hard. But in time, if you trust me, a new thing is going to happen. I will protect you. I will keep you safe. There will be a new experience. If you just wait and trust me. This is where we're left. Wait and trust me. This was the sign used to teach Ahaz what God wanted from him. Now, my Christian brothers and sisters, let us jump to the gospel. This confusing thing that I say to you. God is this one who continues to give us signs. Signs of God's love and God's call to trust in him. One of these signs that we hear and we know and we hold to greatly is Jesus. Jesus, we hear about being told from the angel to Joseph. Jesus is the one who comes because, as his name translates, he will be the one to save us from our sins. He is the sign for us that God is with us, that we trust. Even though the path is not straight, the path is hard. Even Jesus himself is a sign, a living sign of that. He came in not an easy way. He lived a life that was not easy. People, some believed in him, some didn't. He fought with others. He dies a gruesome death to save us from our sins and then is resurrected so that we might have eternal life. God continues to give us signs to be patient, to remember to trust when things are hard, when the path is not straight, for something good is yet to come. This is the story of Advent. We wait for a day when the things that are hard are hard no more because Jesus comes to make them right. It's a fun Sunday because it teeters next to Christmas Eve where we will hear and celebrate that 
first coming. And here, the beginning of the story of the one who comes to save us from our sins. God continues to show us and to give us the sign of trust and care and love for us in Jesus Christ. As we wait these last few days for that celebration, I invite you to think about trust and what trusting in God looks like and how it changes from seeing it as a baby in a manger to one who hangs on the cross. From one who saves us from our sins.